Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, the podcast, which I believe might be the only one out there with a notably vacuous lack of content, and we've been doing it since 2017, James Breakwell. How are you doing today? I am doing amazing, and actually, before we get in here too far, because I know you're gonna oh. you'll blow it if I don't say this right away. I oh, have oh. a challenge for you today. Oh dear God, boy! Thank God we didn't have a production meeting before we did. <laughs> if, if if we had a production meeting and you knew it was coming, it wouldn't be nearly yeah. as exciting. I have to put you on the spot. So okay. the other day, right. I gave you like a third of my life savings to fund this podcast, <laughs> and I'm still hurting. I need to recoup some of that money. So I have a challenge. The challenge is going to be not to say a certain word or a certain compound word that has been building up. Uh, we, we People have been counting it down. So first of all, we have to agree on a word to replace that word. And the first person to accidentally say that word will owe the other person uh, a dinner of some kind or, or right. monetary value thereof. You know, the funny thing is we went... 240 some episodes without ever even knowing that word existed. <laughs> and yet, it has been bandied about like it is cocaine since then. And uh, we hit 19 again last week, James Breakwell. I don't know if you saw that tweet. So I will guess, I guess I am a gentleman. So I mm. will let you propose what you would like to replace that word with. <laughs> Or should we just should we just I, dance around it as the word that shall not be named? Well, I think I I texted you the picture. There's actually a product that is called this particular thing sweat. <laughs> yes. Did I text you? That? You did text that to me. Our our texts are very weird. <laughs> So people who follow the show can just use your imagination, fill in that blank of what the word is, and then put sweat after it. And that is an actual product at home improvement stores. Yes, it is. Uh, it is indeed strange. But, however, you yeah. would not be sweating because uh, we, we mm. really will never run out of content because something else went wrong this week, Steve. What went wrong that would stop you from sweating? <laughs> well, what? Wow. That segue worked on so many levels. It's actually damn impressive, Brickwell. Jeez, you have picked your own coverage there. Yeah, the heat went out in cabin number two because that was the only thing that hasn't gone wrong yet. And so I uh, plopped down in there on Monday to do my commute podcast and then to do a phone interview with one of my rock stars and then to see one client. And uh, it's, I, I will just go up front and say it's not easy to type or write with a ballpoint pen while you are wearing gloves, but there was no way I would have survived without full jacket and gloves on while I was in there. For reference, he lives in Tennessee, so like the temperature was what, probably 60? And you were freezing to death? What? What kind of wuss do you think I am, Breakwell? <laughs> I'm sorry, 58. <laughs> See, now we're down into the fives, as we call them. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, it was uh, it was chilly. We had snow and ice on Sunday, and so I I couldn't get out of our driveway Monday morning, and it was it was chilly. It was either in the mid or upper twenties by the time I got there early in the morning. So and probably about twelve degrees cooler inside the cabin. Do you have an idea as to why the heat shut off? Is it just just because that's what heat does when you're out on the Rattlesnake Ranch, or was there an actual cause this time? No, the uh, the furnace thing that we bought. Uh, <sighs> the funny thing is, so it has fake fire that it will show while it's blowing heat. Okay. And to add insult to injury, the fire was still going when I walked <laughs> in. <laughs> and there was no heat. It was the worst possible combination. So I don't know. The, something blew out on it. And um, so <laughs> speaking of blew out... So it gets windy up on the hill at Rattlesnake Ranch. Well, and course. when we first bought this furnace, we put the box outside the back door where it was picked up by something that probably brought Toto to the wizard and knocked into like one of the 60 foot deep gullies. So Mrs. Steve sent me to retrieve the box and drag it up the hill so that when she returns this thing, she can at least show the barcode. And the box, of course, is soaked, and it's cardboard, and it's big, and it was, like, mushy, mealy, and cold, and I had to get up and down this hill. It, it turned into so much worse of a problem than just the heat blowing out. It, uh, it is the story of my life on that property, James. So two weeks ago, a large piece of trash blew into a gully, and you just, just left it there for the elements to take it. And then today you decided you needed to go excavate it from the ice. Yeah. In fact, there's a lot of trash that has blown into the gully, and we are continuing with remodeling and constructing kind of stuff. So my plan, unbeknownst to Mrs. Steve, is to just let anything blow in there until we're done, and then I'll make one sweep that'll take all day Saturday one day and try to pick all of the stuff off the side of the cliff that creates the gully. I have an alternate proposal. You could rent a backhoe and just fill in the gully and have it be your own personal landfill. I mean, it'd be great for disposing of trash, bodies, whatever you got. Just a, a gully is not an asset to be right wasted. I don't think you understand how big the gullies are out where I live, James. Is this, uh, I guess you are on a hill, so I'm thinking the gully is basically all the land that is not the hill. <laughs> not, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, we have hills and valleys and not a whole lot in between. Man, there's, so you are up top where you have freezing cold temperatures and, uh, and, and winds wind. worthy of a tornado wind. and yeah. no heat and usually mm -hmm. no water. Um, mm -hmm. well, still no water, not even usually, still. Still it's no water. It's a continuing phenomenon. Yeah. I, thought, I thought you got the no water issue fixed. No, not in the small cabin, no. <laughs> what, what, okay, let's, let's simplify this conversation. What mm -hmm. does the small cabin have? Four walls and a roof. Okay, that's that's a starting point. Four four yeah. walls and a wall, a roof. Now, do those walls do any good if there's no heat inside? I mean, I guess you're just essentially holding in the cold. It slows the wind down. Well, that, that's a plus. Okay, so there's there is slightly less wind inside yeah. the small cabin yeah. than if you were just to lay outside and be homeless. So that's a thing. That's good. Well, there's plenty of boxes to cover myself with were I to lay out and be homeless. Yeah. Yes, but you'd have to climb down a gully to get them. <laughs> yes, so well, I'd be even located. further protected from the wind, though. I just <laughs> want to go on record and say. 
And that would solve the running water problem during rainstorms, if you catch what I'm saying. So so the, the, does the toilet still not work in the small cabin? No, no, no. The toilet, the toilet, in fairness, has never worked in the small cabin. It didn't tease us with the promise of functionality. You are you are now defending bad plumbing because you never had hope for the bad plumbing. You just, <laughs> right. you just gave it up from the so start. Much worse. I'm just imagining the Zillow listing for this place if it were if it were honest. <laughs> just rattlesnakes, sex lube, no running water. <laughs> coyotes freaking out in the middle of the night, big kegger frat parties, uh, coyotes pooping on things that may require two or three coyotes just to guide the one in to position their butt properly. Like there's there's a lot of nature that goes on. And we are merely spectators, cold, waterless spectators. Well, you know those coyotes aren't going to go away because they can sense when you don't have heat. Like, they're just waiting for you to freeze to death in what I would consider to be warm spring temperatures. <laughs> and at that point, they're going to eat you and be happy. That's probably what happened to the last guy. That whole story about going off to jail or whatever. That's, no. that's, gonna, that's like when we say a dog goes off to the farm, okay? Yeah, it yeah, was <laughs> No, I can picture him in jail frolicking in the yard. Yeah, no, I can see it. Yeah, that's a, he was probably, man, if he is actually in jail, he was probably so happy to get off that ranch. He's like, yes, please lock me up. Do you have running water in this jail? <laughs> well, I'm guessing everything worked three and a half years ago when he still had the property. It's that three and a half years of being reclaimed by the earth that makes all this stuff go sideways. Just look at how much you tinker on your house. For all you complain about having absolutely no mechanical aptitude, you do things that just keep nudging the ball forward enough that your house is not sucked into a hellmouth. Ooh, I had a uh, I had a hellmouth story from actually just the other day. I can share. Oh. So we we can't let this podcast be all disasters at your house. Occasionally something goes wrong here, so we'll let, we'll let James talk for once. <laughs> Why do people love our misery? God, James. <laughs> So we went out and we had an excellent uh, just short vacation. We've got some friends who moved away to uh, to St. Louis and they moved the away long yeah. yeah. They moved away okay long enough ago that they forgot how awful we are and they thought it'd be cool to hang out with us. So we got an Airbnb <laughs> halfway between us just in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. This is, and it was great. We spent a couple days you know spent a couple days day drinking and playing board games and the kids entertained themselves and it was it was a good time. So we come home on Monday, we all had Monday off work. We we came here Monday, and um, I run the dishwasher. Now the basement's oh. been smelling kind of funny lately, but it's a basement <laughs> in a hundred year old house, and it's not finished. It's nice basements Grandma! just stink. And yeah, the, yeah and uh, and so and the, you know a couple the last year or the year before we had that strange leak I thought was coming out of a pipe, and it wasn't. It was coming through the wall, and then just as as it wouldn't stop, and it wouldn't stop, and then suddenly it stopped for good and went away. Well, then it started filling with water again, but from a different spot. And I thought it was coming under the door. There's a door that leads outside from the basement, and there's a drain out there. And if we get a lot of snow and it melts, or if there's a lot of rain, uh, we'll come under. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't think anything of it, but it smelled a little bit different. But anyway, this time I happened to walk down in the uh it had a little bit of white residue in it too but i again you just water on the oh, basement no. floor Where i'm just not going to look closely so okay. 
So we're running the dishwasher and I walk downstairs and there's this terrible sink down there that used to be the terrible sink in the kitchen that two, one or two owners ago, they just put down there and like, this is a basement sink now. And uh, we never, ever, ever use it. I mean, the only thing it's ever been used for is to wash out paintbrushes and you know how often I paint anything. So basically never used. <laughs> and so I look down there at this unused sink and both sides of it are completely full of water and spilling over down the countertop and all the way across the path oh. of the basement floor like what is going on so wow, so the water is being forced in because it's going uphill basically yes it is and, oh my and God. the best i could figure is coming from the kitchen down that waistline and something is backed up the water is going oh. down from up here and then back up and out from the basement <laughs> like okay so we need a plumber right now and right it's now. martin luther king day at four o'clock in the afternoon and you know I'm what? I'm here in triple time. You know what? I have, for all the bad luck I have had with every single class of workmen, just across the board, I have had yeah. the most amazing luck with plumbers. So I've got my Ooh. guy, my plumber guy. Oh. He's not a company. He's just a guy. The guy, I just, we, we don't even call. We just text. We've got that kind of relationship. I'm closer to him than I am to you. I'm probably closer to him than I am to my wife. And so I text my buddy, the plumber, and I'm like, all right, we've got a crisis for you. And he texts me right back, and he's like, I can't help you. So, so okay. Whoa! So, yeah, yeah. He said he wasn't even busy. He's like, I don't have the right thing. I thought, like, I thought there was a limited slate of things plumbers need. And, like, the, the snake you send down a drain, that should be, like, that's, like, like a, a plunger. Like, that's the first thing you get on your first day of, of plumber yeah, school. Like a, a stethoscope for a doctor. Yeah. yeah. So he said he didn't have it. Whatever. And maybe he's just done with me. Maybe that was his polite way of, you know, <laughs> saying, let's just be friends. So, anyway, he recommends another place that's a town over and a much bigger bigger company and i yeah, contacted them like yeah. yeah and uh and they said okay we can have somebody out but it might be between like seven and nine o'clock and i'm looking at there at the water gushing from this it, sink and i'm like is all it right gushing well it actually so we, we just let the dishwasher run because it's a crappy basement and whatever but I, I it it was flowing it was cascading down over wow. the side it was but but once the dishwasher stopped running the water slowly drained back out so that's why on all the previous days i had never seen it because i hadn't been down there at the exact right moment i had been down there after it spent an hour draining uh, none the wiser as to the disaster that had just unfolded. So this guy, he ended up showing up at 8 o'clock at night. They'd warned me. They're like, it's going to be a $99 fee just to have this guy walk in the door. I'm like, all right, you know, let's get out the checkbook. This is going to go downhill. But he showed up. In half an hour, he had that thing. Um, he cleared out. And it was just the $99 show-up fee. Like, there were no fees on top of that. Like, he could have told me that's a $400 visit. I would have been none the wiser and would have gladly paid it to not have stuff coming back up from the garbage disposal and into the sink downstairs. And no, he let me off the hook for 99 bucks after hours on a three-day weekend. And so I was wow. most pleased. It was the, op the opposite of how every story at Rattlesnake Ranch ends. Yeah. Well, two things. One, at least you had running water. Yes. But two, <laughs> what, was it just a clog that he sort of knocked out of the way, or what was the issue? Yeah, I guess the waistline had gotten clogged up, and somehow that caused it to back up uh, downstairs. I don't know. I, I don't understand the su the plumbing of science. But basically, there was gunk <laughs> where there should not be gunk, and he made the gunk go away, and that's why he makes the big bucks. Ah, yes. So, James, did he have to turn off water at any point? No. Any junction? 
He did not turn off the water at all because the kids were getting wow. ready for bed at the time and they kept on brushing their teeth and using the toilet and doing all that. He just, he ran his his machine through the kitchen sink with the garbage yeah. disposal. I think he ran it down from there and then he poured down his super plumber acid and all was right <laughs> with the world. Now you smell burning feathers because yep. you've been brain damaged. But uh, if he would have had to turn off the water, what device would he have used? <laughs> no, we don't even have that in our house. Our house what? is free of that sort of thing. I had never heard of it until I talked to you because my house doesn't have those things. I don't think normal houses have those. We have of just a regular do. shutoff, and it's it's a crank, and it is not that. It is not that at all. You definitely have one at the street. Like if the if the water company has – like if you break your main or something and they have to turn it off at the street – They've got a big device that clamps down and does the deed on the thing. <laughs> the discipliner, huh? <laughs> they cut you the off if you're a deadbeat. We don't, uh, we don't use that here in Indiana because we are honorable folk who pay our bills. So we would never have the need for oh. such a juncture. It's funny you say that because I didn't even think about non-payment of bills. I thought that, you know, if some guy with a big uh, corkscrew on the end of his backhoe accidentally ruptures your water line while digging for a garage footing, then that's when you have to turn it off at the street. It, uh, did something like this happen for you recently? I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. I get, you didn't even get into that. When did, when did something rupture? I thought I told you about that. No! Yeah, they had to dig. <laughs> this is when we got our garage. It's a couple months ago. And he had a skid steer with a big corkscrew on it because he had to dig holes to put concrete in to set the six by six posts for uh -huh. the footings of the garage. And we were so concerned about him hitting the power lines because the power company refused to come out and put little flags where the power line was. Probably because, I don't know, they were eating a sandwich down at the local shop. But so we were so concerned about the power, we had all of our focus on the angle that the power lines were coming in on. We didn't even think about the water line that had to come in from the street. And it, it's, it, it's a good third of a mile that this line has to run. And uh, I was over at the small cabin because there was some disaster I was tending to. It was like 35 disasters ago. I remember what it was. <laughs> and uh, the, the lead foreman for the garage crew came running over and said, I think we hit a water line. And I said, why do you think that? And he said, well, because there's like a little geyser in the yard. And I said, well, boy, you have really done your homework. Excellent. And I went and sure enough, there's water going all over the yard. So we had to call the water company because I didn't know where the shutoff was. Where the, uh, that, wow, what are those things called, James? <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> but yeah, the water company guy had to come out and show me where this thing is so that if it ever happens again, I can turn it off. But he had to turn it off at the street so that we stopped flooding my yard and could get down there and repair the water main. And repairing one of those, not the simplest thing on the face of the earth. I just want to go out on record and say, James. But can you really flood a hill? It was flooding down. So, yes, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've had so much construction and concrete poured. There are divots that uh, have since been flattened out by a guy with a skid steer. But there were a lot of divots all over. There were flat spots. There were little, like, uh, like uh, I don't know, concave areas in the yard. And all of it was filling with water.
It's funny, the pipe is only about, it's less than two inches around, but the pressure that is required to shoot that water literally uphill for a third of a mile is pretty intense. And so when that thing went through the water pipe, it just burst. It was, it was a sight to behold. I still have the broken pipe. I saved it. We cut it out and I've got it. I'll, I'll show it one of these times if I've, either we do a show from out there or I remember to bring it in here. I, uh, I, I'm just impressed because you have like nine square miles of space. And in all that room, he managed to hit that one thin pipe. <laughs> well, if you think about it, it's not that impressive. Like the garage is near the house and the utilities have to come into the house. So Do they, the, though? the lines I mean, are running close to the house. You say it like it's assumed that structures will have utilities, yet you have a small ca cabin with no utilities whatsoever. With a toilet, no, you just no assume wouldn't work. No utilities, James. But I mean, if it's not working, is it really? Did you even verify any of these things are hooked up? <laughs> we do have water because it works in the big cabin, and uh, it runs from the big cabin to the small cabin. Like there is a line that goes out there. So what's and the, the small cabin used to have water. If you remember, the shower worked until it burst and started flooding the kitchen. There's so, plenty of water. It just don't work right. Are you just giving up on the small cabin? Like, yeah, it sounds like you put up siding around it. You put a new floor to expand it, but then it doesn't work at all, and you've just just kind of accepted that. Is this? I mean, are you transitioning it back to a barn, or do you plan to fix it at some <laughs> point? <coughs> no, no, we're still working on it. The plumbing is going to have to wait until we can find a plumber. And so far, with all of my contacts out there, and you know me, I talk to everybody. Yes. Like, uh, nobody has come up with a good plumbing option. The closest I've come is a guy who was hunting on the property next to ours uh, wandered onto our property to say hi. And he said, I got a good one, but I think he retired. Let me get back to you. And that was in November. Well, I now have two good plumbers steve i have a plethora of good plumbers i have never i have never been so flush with plumbers in my life and it feels spectacular i don't have a roof guy i don't have a siding guy i don't have any other area <laughs> of my life but my plumbing is locked down <laughs> you know the funny thing i have everything but a plumber like we have contractor types uh mrs steve's dad is an electrician like he does our electrical stuff and uh, I've got guys that have done our roofs and the siding and built the house or built the bedroom on the cab. Like, I have everything covered except I don't have a plumber. So, for $99, I'm going to hire yours to come down to my house. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that $99 upfront cost covers a trip to Tennessee, but we can ask him. You never know. He might just not valuable his, his personal time. Or maybe, maybe he is one of our three or four podcast listeners, and he wants to see for himself mm. the place where all the non-magic happens. Well, if uh, anyone listening, I guess I'm talking to Judy, <laughs> anyone listening is a plumber and uh, is even traveling through Tennessee en route to somewhere better, if you could stop in and just fix all my problems, I give you $99. Does, uh, is being a plumber, is it like being a doctor? Do you have to be licensed from state to state? Or if you're a plumber one spot, are you a plumber everywhere? Interesting question. Uh, you can be a journeyman, but I do believe you have to be licensed in your state in order to pull a permit. Now, here's another question, follow-up question. Do laws apply in the mountains of Tennessee? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, not if you don't get caught. I mean, the sheriff has visited you like six times already, but... <laughs> you know, this conversation happens between me and Miss Steve once in a while when we do something bold and aggressive with the, the houses. 
and uh, or her dad came in and did all the wiring and we're like do do we need a permit for this and he's like eh, who's gonna know <laughs> when, when you sell the house after the coyotes have eaten you the next <laughs> owner is going to curse your name for all this unpermitted work <laughs> well i will say this i don't think we will ever ever sell this place it's way too good Yes, I that that is that is the impression I get from our ninety five <laughs> podcast series of about everything that's gone wrong. Oh. As long as you don't have to live there, it's fabulous. Yes, oh, I the big cabin is great. We love the cabin. The little I, one, I'm I'm still ready to set fire to. That is good, actually. Uh, I have a uh, a shameless plug here to throw in at the end. The constant disasters going wrong in your own life made me think of the disasters in my own book. My book is about a falling apart moon base, and it's not Ooh. supposed to be inspired by the small cabin, but it's got Rattle a lot of snake moon base. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. My whole hook was gonna be try to guess which characters based on Steve. I don't even need to. I just <laughs> think of your dilapidated, collapsing house like that is their world here. So anyway, the book is called The Chosen Twelve. It is out this week. Uh, I am shamelessly plugging it everywhere. Normally, I wouldn't bother to mention it in this podcast, but Steve's disasters have been so popular <laughs> that we're up to like nine listeners, and maybe I can talk one of them into buying this very excellent book. Very excellent book, and it's so excellent, a professional editor sent it back to Breakwell and said, it's just too excellent for me to give you notes on. That was, uh, I've never, so again, this is the first fiction book I've written, and it was my first book for this new, for this publisher. I wrote four books for one publisher, uh, a book for kids for another one, and then this is my first time working with Rebellion. And uh, every publisher is a little different. So with uh, with Mambella Books, my editor there was, you know, line by line, like every sentence was a discussion. And um, on this one, I wrote 80,000 words and I received back like four sentences worth of feedback. But one of those sentences to fix it, I had to go and write another 10,000 words. So it was, oh, no. just a, it was just a very different editorial process, but I really, I like how it turned out. And uh, when you read it, if you don't get small cabin vibes, you have not been listening to this podcast enough. Well, hit him with the title one more time, James. It is called The Chosen 12. It is by James Breakwell. That's me, not Steve. This book has no Steve in it, I promise. Just his small what? cabin. <laughs> So get The Chosen 12 at, uh, well, you can get it on Amazon. I'm sure you can click through it on any of Breakwell's social media platforms or on his website. What's your website, James? ExplodingUnicorn.com. Fantastic. Pick it up. It's the only way he can afford to be here and keep paying me to be here, which he <laughs> did in a lump sum last week. And we danced naked in the moonlight. We you threw all those $1 bills up in the air and it rained. I was so insulted that you didn't even insult me over the money. I sent you the money and you just took it without comment. Like that was the end of it. There was no discussion at all. That is that is not you how know. this relationship works. If I finally pay you <laughs> after literally a 14-month hiatus, you better say <laughs> something. <laughs> I know. I we talked about with Mrs. Steve. I talked about it. like I gotta I gotta bust his balls about this. And then it just it got to be two days later, and I was busy, and I was like, eh, it'll come up on the podcast. Insulting me isn't even one of your daily priorities, and I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> I must be. I, I have more love in my heart than you do, James. <laughs> Well, we got to get out of here before this becomes a mutual admiration society, which is remarkably one-sided from where I sit. I'm going to walk us out. 
we got to end. You got to get on with the rest of your life and you got to shout it out to the world. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a neighbor's friend. Grab their phone, start going through their list and texting everybody to watch and listen to Wrong and Wronger. Because until we meet again, until we come face to phone next Wednesday, this is Steve Elias, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell, saying thanks for watching, listening, referring a friend, smashing that like button. You got to say smash. That's what all the kids are doing. And always remember, two wrongs can make a right.